0: I'm most surprised about that Arizona and Georgia will be the first two states to rule out the feature, with the remaining six coming after. And I'm like, look at Georgia trying to be on the leading edge of some technology. Whoa. I was like, shock. You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Hey, this is Nika Monford, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva.
1: Yo, this is Terence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech.
0: And you're listening and or watching The snob OS west Show, the show for Apple snobs where we talk all things Apple and then some. Welcome back to another episode of The snob OS west Show. And with that, we'll go ahead and kick it off with the lowdown where we talk all things Apple. So we are kicking off the lowdown with some not so pleasant, um, Apple news. I thought that it was definitely important for us to cover, um, this, um, these events, um, as, you know, we're, we're definitely Apple enthusiasts. We love the products, um, and we've called out other tech giants, um, for their misdeeds. Um, and it has come to light, um, that Currently, Apple is blocking um, pay equity um, Slack channels from being created on the, of course, platform Slack. Um, This has come in the wake of what's being called Apple II, um, kind of playing on the whole Me Too um, movement, (laughs) where um, there has been, you know, uh, some discriminatory acts um, against employees. Um, that have been uh, swept under the rug or not taken seriously. Um, People have been fired. There's a lot of uproar. And one of the things that um, is a source of contention as it relates to Slack is pay equity. Um, And we know that pay equity, especially in these large tech companies, as well as in general, the um, pay parity um, is is quite different. So,
1: Or just in general. Yeah, just definitely in general.
0: There's definitely a pay gap. And then we take it something at the level of Apple. It just brings, unfortunately, even more attention
1: to it. Well, not just pay gap, pay equity. Just talking about pay in general general. is kind of taboo when it comes to your employees. Nobody likes to really kind of say how much they make or say what kind of raises that they get, you know, which is kind of does everybody a disservice. Except for the company. Except for the company, right? Because if we kind of talked about, you know, the different salaries that we make, you know, open and free, you know, that may enable us or enable employees of these big companies to better organize around pay equity specifically. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're talking about the. You know, the different type of pay scales when it comes to woman, when it comes to man, when it comes to white, when it comes to black, Asian, Latino, Mm -hmm. you know, gay, things of that nature. Disabled, non-disabled. Disabled. disabled, Right. If we talked about pay in general, we may find it easier or more. um more, uh, just easier yep. to talk about pay equity specifically.
0: Yeah, and especially since we are now doing the whole remote thing, you can't have kind of these water cooler conversations or pull people mm-hmm. to the side conversations. So of course, it went over to Slack, where people were creating Slack channels um, in um, the Apple Slack
1: Environment. Know, platform, um,
0: whatever you want to call yeah. it. And um, Apple has essentially um shut those down. Um and an employee relations representative um told employees that quote Slack channels mm-hmm. are provided to conduct Apple business and must advance the work deliverables or mission of Apple departments and teams. So mm-hmm. that is the the premise that they're saying you can't create the these Slack channel The official statements mm-hmm. that you can't mm-hmm. create these channels to talk about income and pay. At the same time, on the other hand, there are other Apple in-office channels, um, for instance, hashtag fun dogs, hashtag gaming, hashtag dad jokes that are still up and running that don't seem to meet that same criteria that they just mentioned when it comes to discussing pay. So that Mm -hmm. definitely shines a, a light on on the whole um the
1: uh, hypocrisy there you go that's
0: what i was looking for mm-hmm. for you to say that you can have these fun chats over here that don't have anything to do with work but mm-hmm. when you have another chat talking about hr related things which honestly is directly related to the company when you talk mm-hmm. about discriminatory practices Um, sexual harassment, um, harassment in general, talking about pay raises, those type of conversations that it seems to be okay to have those conversations as long as they are, quote, lighthearted and fun and not really kind of shining a light on the company culture. So um, it definitely is something that has um, really... Blown up I think in addition with people having the conversations about um I think they said there's another channel the apple that I'm reading the article I'm reading from um apple insider there was um another instance where they were kind of shutting down these slack channels when there was a channel that was created to talk about remote work issues how Mm -hmm. you know we talked about it last week where they were trying to get people back in they ultimately pushed it back to october but mm-hmm. there's a, a channel that has, they said, about 6,000 members that was still up um, as of the end of August. They don't know what the current status is, but it was, they were not happy with that channel talking about how remote work issues were related. So I, I say all this to say with the Apple II movement, I don't follow this person on Twitter, but I am on tech Twitter. And um, she is, I think... a. She's a dev, but I think she is she is on the security side and she started putting together a document, um, you know, a survey asking people to say, you know, what level they are, how much they make and their bonuses. And she was putting it together. Apparently, Apple found out about it. There was some retaliatory things to her Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. for that. Um, There were other employees harassing her. You're ruining the company. You're 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 you know going against uh, Steve Jobs' legacy, you're making the company look bad, you're making us look bad, that type of deal. And um, I think she is still an employee of Apple, but I think she had to take some sort of break or something. She she wasn't super clear on Twitter about you know the details because, of course, this is an ongoing HR situation. But, um, you know, just the harassment that she has faced from... Um, from trying to just gather salary information so that everyone is, is better informed and making sure that people are getting paid their right. worth with people that are, you know, at the same level as them, the, the same job as them. So I, I, I definitely wanted to, to bring it to life because this particular issue was, you know, all over, um, the, the tech uh, blogosphere, the tech right. ecosystem. And it's one of those things where while we love Apple, their products are amazing and we love them, you know, two things can, again, two things can be true at the same time. We could love the products, they could have great products, but they could also not be treating their employees as well as they should be. And um, so, yeah, so I definitely wanted to to have a conversation about that. Have you seen anything on Twitter about the
1: whole Apple to well uh, I, I'm fam- I'm familiar with this particular conversation right so mm-hmm. <laughs> here's my take go and for I'm, it I may I may I may surprise you a little bit okay I get it from Apple standpoint I get it because I'm a parent and this may be a terrible analogy <laughs> um, I'm a parent with a teenager and an almost teenager in the house And one of the things that they try to do on the sly is go in their room and shut the door. There will be no doors shut in my house. Whenever I feel like it, I'm going to open up the door to figure out what you're doing in here, what y'all talking about, what's going on. This is my house, you know, that sort of attitude, right? So I get it from Apple's standpoint to where, look, if we feel like, we have created, we have bought, or implemented Slack and implemented into our business. We have the right to tell you what you can and can't do with these tools. The problem with that is it's supposed to be like that across, across the, the board. board, and it's so, not. And it's not. Apple's got these cool fun, like you said, fun dogs, gaming, dad jokes. You know, traditional Slack type of
0: conversations
1: channels conversations. yeah it kind of it kind of mirrors twitter mm-hmm. but more for an organization mm-hmm. so think of slack as twitter for apple or twitter for whatever company that decides to implement it of course you're going to have all these different channels that are work related and just cool kind of you know like you say water cooler you know chit chatty you know get people to take their money i'm pretty sure they got meditation slack mm-hmm. i mean us uh, channels and they got you know, all these other things. Now, again, those if Apple's standpoint is stance is going to be like we're only uh, providing Slack channels to conduct Apple business and must advance the work deliverables or mission of Apple departments and teams. Like my analogy, this door is going to remain open. And what I say goes in this house and that goes for everything, not not. It would be hypocritical for me for a dad to say, "Okay, no shut doors in this house, you know, but if you're only talking about, you know, uh, how much you love me and your mother, then I'll let you kind of shut the door a little bit about Mm -hmm. that. You know, Mm -hmm. that's 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 not how that works. It's It's my house, my rules. And as a parent, in this case, Apple, you have to be firm across the board. And what Apple's not doing is they're not being um firm across the board and letting some of these other checks then slide and shutting down some of these that could be detrimental to you know apple you know at the very least bring them bad press so they're trying to squash that stuff but if you're going to have this blanket statement it needs to be blanket yeah so what apple what apple needs to do shut down all the other slack shut down all the slack and it should only be you know management networking development Whatever, right. whatever, whatever. And that's the only stuff. But again, that's going to make for a a not so nice workplace. And, and it kind of takes
0: the allure from the whole, we're a cool tech company. We have right, right. ping pong and we have, you know, bar night or whatever little, you know, things that these tech companies do to make it seem like they're cool and laid back. But if you're going, like you said, if you're going to have this stance, you got to have it across the board. You can't cherry pick what you want employees to talk about if you have this quote-unquote open forum. But I was just looking at Twitter on the the young lady who I was mentioning before. Um, they've moved over to Discord. So, I mean, people... And that's are, what they should have...
1: To yeah. me, that's what you should have did in the first place. Because, like I said, uh, you're not about to come in my house and say, you know what, we're about to tear this house down. We need the side of the corner of the house so we can talk about how we're going to tear your house down. I'm like, uh, no, y'all do that on your own... Now, if y'all want to talk about pay equity and you want to talk about fair treatment of employees, do that. Mm -hmm. Don't do that on my dime. Do that on something else, you know, which, again, if they would have did that via Discord, they probably could have got a bigger momentum. Yeah. More buy in, make it more organized, structured and then hit Apple with it versus doing it within Apple and squash it before you can even get that ramp up.
0: Yeah. And I think probably I don't work for Apple, you know, but I'm thinking, you know, because of the open type of environment, they probably thought it was a safe space to have that. I don't know how I if I like we have something at work. We don't use Slack, but we have like our own internal system that's kind of like it. And Mm -hmm. when the whole um, our our our. The how they were going to do the work from home type of deal, whether you can work from home or whether you can't. And when they came back and there was some, uh, some information that said, well, this group has to do A, B, C, and D. People were on it with their full chest, with their full name, going in, going to town. And I was like, wow, I'm, I consider myself a pretty bold person, but that type of bold, that is i don't have that type of bold to be right. that you know forward-facing for me i'd be one i would want to be more strategic like you said go mm-hmm. over here let's get our ducks in a row how we want to handle this get all our information and then slide back over if we want to do it and in present. slack and say tick tick, right. tick 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 this is what we found this is what mm-hmm. blah blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. but you go in organized so um, it sounds like, you know, they are taking this Apple II movement, you know, full throttle. And I guess we'll see what the outcome is, if there's any change, um, you know. And from as, Apple. as they
1: should. Yeah. You know, this is a look like you said, Apple's cool. Everybody loves Apple, but Apple is a business there. Don't please don't forget that yeah. Apple is a business. And when it comes down to it they look at and, I, and this is like minimizing but you are just a line item on a spreadsheet
0: and that's that not talk, minimizing
1: it that's just facts you can talk all, the apple can talk all day long about all the things inclusivity and the and, of, and yeah and this goes for all the business
0: this is it's all money. companies because all these companies are out to make money we have these pay disparities at all companies whether you're tech whether you're finance, whether you're real estate, whatever it is, it's the same.
1: Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to it, it's either you or them, and it ain't going to be them.
0: They're going to choose themselves <laughs> every <laughs> single time. So this is definitely something that I would say we will probably be hearing about um, again, um, because I think this is really just uh, getting started. Um, so we'll definitely, you know, keep an eye on it and and, and see where it goes. Because honestly, when I was looking uh, for for things for the show this week, um, everything I pretty much saw was I think there is a new beta. Uh, uh, I think beta number it's eight. All, yeah,
1: it's and a lot it's of all rumors.
0: it's a lot of rumors because yeah. we're in September. We all know what happens in September. Right. I'm assuming probably next Tuesday we'll hmm. get the little. Uh, invites. invites or whatever the case may be for the um, for the event that following Tuesday so and people invite. are now trying to get their rumors in so they can say they were first and uh-huh. so when things come out, see I told you but you waited to a week before it was uh-huh. announced, but that's neither here nor there so it was a bunch of rumor talk and um, what they think and what's gonna happen or what to expect when honestly, they don't know right all right. Um, the next thing I have, this is right up your alley. You put this in the uh, show notes and I was like, this mm-hmm. is definitely right where you were hoping to be. I think when we did predictions a couple of years ago, um, mm-hmm. Apple has now announced that there um, are going to be eight states that will allow you to keep a digital version of your driver's license on your iPhone. Um, mm-hmm. and this, um, will happen. Um, the, the update to allow this will be in the upway, the ba the software update this fall. So probably iOS 15, they don't say mm-hmm. specifically it's iOS 15, if it'll come out once the iOS comes out, or if it's going to be, you know, a couple weeks later, they don't say, but the expectation is that it will be sometime this year. Um, and there are eight states: uh, Arizona, Connecticut, Georgia, Iowa, Kentucky, Maryland, Oklahoma, and Utah will be the first of the states to offer this feature. And this is in conjunction uh, with TSA, so you'll be able to leave your physical wallet at home, so to speak, and be able to use this digital um, this this digital version of your ID um, when you go, say, to the airport. Um, mm-hmm. the thing that I'm most surprised about that Arizona and Georgia will be the first two states to rule out the feature, with the remaining six coming after. And I'm like, look at Georgia trying to be on the leading edge of some technology. Well, I was like,
1: shocked. well, I don't know about Arizona, but you think of Georgia, you think of Hartsville Jackson, you think of the, the biggest airport busiest, yeah. airport, busiest airport, in, airport in, the world. In, in the world, if not the United States, right? It's definitely the so world. That, yeah. Right. So that makes sense. Um, specifically because the only information that this story that I found talks about is Apple working with the TSA, you know, to make it possible. For example, like at an airport, go to the airport, you can, you know, um, uh, approve a note from TSA using your face ID, or touch, uh, touch ID company says customer data is encrypted, yada, yada, yada. So basically. One of the few, if not at the launch of this uh, feature, one of the only things you'll be able to do with your driver's license on your wallet app is if you're traveling and you can use your um, phone to authenticate who you are at TSA. Yeah. Now, you know, all the other things you use a driver's license for to, you know, if you're going to a club, prove you're over 18, mm-hmm. if you get pulled over by the police or you have to prove who you are. I don't think you're just going to be able to hold up your phone, phone right? and say, yeah, <laughs> you know, because in order for that to happen, you know, if we, if, let's just use getting pulled over uh, by the police, for example. I'm not giving them my phone. No, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Yeah. So in order for that to work, the police officers would have to have With a scanner a piece of technology yeah. right, that they can scan my phone and then it pulls up all my information and then they can take that to their car, do whatever they it takes them a ridiculous amount of time to do. <laughs> it seems like every yeah. time the past i got pulled over for a little minor infractions. Cop pulled me over one day because he was trying to find something on me. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I wouldn't be surprised. And I was I was on my way to getting my tags renewed mm-hmm. on the day that they expired because my thought was and this is my bad. I'll take the L on this. I thought I had throughout the whole day. Not even. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's supposed to be the month. I had. I, so my tags expired in January. I figured I had the month of January to get my tags renewed. You do. For February. first. Oh, no. You got to do it before. You oh. got to do it before. So, my bad. That's what I said. I thought it was the month.
0: Because so. my birthday is on the first of the month. And I was like, I have the whole, I have the whole
1: month. What am I rushing so for? I'm just telling you what he said. I could. He could have even been wrong and made that up. But I, I was on my way to getting my tags renewed. This cop pulled me over, you know, it's like looking around, you know in the car, mm-hmm. and he's like, uh uh, you know I pulled you over I'm like, no because I was doing a speed limit, I wasn't speeding mind my own business, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't in a hurry to be nowhere, just driving in the car right mm-hmm. It's like, oh well, you know, ask my ID, ask my wallet ask not me ask for my registration mm-hmm. comes back it's like, oh yeah, you know your uh your your tags are uh are are, um, invalid or whatever he said. I was like, no, I got the month to go. I'm on my way. I'm actually on my way to go get them renewed now. You know, oh, no, no. So we had a little back and forth about that. I was like, whatever. And he was like, well, well, you know, um, your your tent on your windows. I'm like, sir, now you're just looking for stuff. Because you you look stupid. Because (laughs) you look stupid. Because you (laughs) couldn't find anything. So you argue me back and forth about the registration times. Mm -hmm. Now you're talking about my window tent, which came from the factory and it's legal tint from the factory. Mm -hmm. My front windows are not even tinted. Mm -hmm. It's the back windows that come from the factory, which in the state of Georgia, I know you can have the back windows tinted as dark as you want them to, as long as the front windows, Mm -hmm. the front side windows and the front windshield is not tinted. So we are back and forth about that. And I'm like, dude, you just looking for something, but I digress. Right. Um, All that to say, um, But I would, I honestly,
0: I find it hard to believe that the state is cooperating with Apple to authenticate, you know, your ID and all this stuff that they aren't going to in kind have the technology on their end for people to actually be able to use it because it would seem to me to be counterintuitive for you to, I'm sure there are many meetings, many tests, many discussions about doing this. Why only do it for TSA? But, right. you know, I guess time will tell and likely when they roll this out, they'll have a list of, you know, things that you can use this wallet ID mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think it's, you know, moving in that direction of, you know, having, you know, all digital everything. And I think we talked about it a few weeks ago, um, how the uh, mobile ID and I think it was for some universities. And I think Auburn mm-hmm. University, they are strictly Alabama. Alabama mm-hmm. They are strictly mm-hmm. um for iOS users, they are strictly for your student ID. Cardless. It's, mm-hmm. it's digital. Um, mm-hmm. they don't even necessarily do physical cards for non, um, iOS, uh, for, for iOS users. So, right. um, I definitely think we are going into this, as we move further into this digital information age, we are slowly, slowly, um, going away from having physical things. And the fact that one, it just makes it easier for people. I think, two, it cuts down on costs um, for the state overall for having to have the materials, having to have the building. I mean, it might put some folks out of a job um, because you have all these workers working at the DMV and, you know, these type of places. But at the same time, I would think that it would significantly reduce some of the,
1: the overhead and cut down on some of the budget. And theft. Right? Yeah. If I've got my driver's license in my wallet and I've got my credit cards in my wallet and I've got my health ID in my wallet mm-hmm. and I've got all these other things that verify who I am, somebody steals my wallet or steals my purse or steals your purse, it's going to take me a minute to be able to call my credit card mm-hmm. place, call my bank, call my you know whatever, freeze my credit, whatever the case may be while somebody can take my card, go to the ATM or scan it or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. versus my phone My phone is locked right now the only way if somebody takes my phone the only way they can unlock it is with my information right if they don't have my information the worst thing they get is a phone that they can do nothing with because if they can't authenticate it's going to erase all the information Mm -hmm. on my phone so you know now if they get my authentication that's a whole other thing yeah but getting them getting my phone and and also getting my authentication is harder than just taking my wallet. Yeah. Right.
0: Speaking as someone who's had their wallet stolen in a foreign country. So, <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> that I can definitely attest to. Riding on the train in Spain, going to Barcelona. I am trying to call all of the credit card companies to, yeah, because my wallet I got mean, stolen. I you still
1: got to do that. You still have to do it. You that. still have to do it. But you don't have to worry about in the next hour or 30 minutes somebody, somebody drain, drain your accounts yeah right or yeah. you know falsify who you are yeah. whatever the case may be yeah yep definitely
0: all right
1: um moving
0: on to the last article um in the lowdown um twitter um has launched their um highly talked about super follows only on ios devices so super follows is um, their new feature that allows, um, users to charge for subscriber only content, think Patreon uh, okay. for tweets. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and so, um, if you are a, um, content creator who has, who has super followers, um, mm-hmm. you can, you know, send out tweets that are specifically for your super followers, um, and uh, I think they said, yeah, reading from this article on The Verge, the um, Twitter announced this feature back in February. And like I said, it's only um, available for iOS um, devices and for a small test group. And these people who are in that test group applied to try out the feature. Um, so initially, this is for U.S. and Canadian um, residents. Um you can. There's a badge that is underneath your um, underneath your name when you reply mm-hmm. to tweets that identifies you as a super follower, and they're expecting to roll this feature out um, to more countries, of course, outside of the United States and Canada and um, for it to be available on both the Android devices and on the web version of Twitter. So super followers can charge, um, super follows, I'm sorry, I'll call them followers. Super follows, which is the feature, um, users can be charged in tiers, a $2.99, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Um, and all the payments will be um, handled through Stripe. So Twitter says that um, you can earn up to 97% of the subscription revenue after third party fees. But the contention is this is only you get this 97% only up until you reach your lifetime, lifetime earning limit of 50,000 uh, US dollars across all their monetization product. So that includes, I'm assuming like tip jar. I think you can do like um, content. Uh, I think you do like paid spaces now. Um, and so after you hit that $50,000, then the percentage you um, can earn is 80% of revenue after, of course, your third party fees. Now, again, this is in trial. Um, and, in or everybody just can't be a super follows. So you have to, you know, have these key metrics. You have to be, you have to have at least 10,000 followers. You have to be at least 18. You have to have at least tweeted 25 times in the last 30 days. And of course, comply with all of Twitter, um, policies. Um, so there is a wait list now that you can apply to get on Outside of this current group. But, um, yeah, I, I don't remember hearing about this in February. Maybe I did, but February seems so far, so long ago. Um, but now it looks like, um, uh, you know, everybody is doing their own Patreon-like, um, uh, features in their apps. We've seen, um, what was it? Uh, Apple did it with Apple Podcasts, kind of having the mm-hmm. exclusive content. Which was likened to Patreon. It seems as if now you can monetize your tweets, send it out to a selected group of your super followers, and make money off it. I don't know, um, I guess what kind of content these tweets would have in them that would justify, you know, uh, you know, the fee, but it will, I guess it'll be interesting to see, um, I guess how it works or the type of content that people are are putting um, out to
1: to get this extra super follow content. Twitter should have been to this five ten years ago when everybody's like, "I can't
0: believe this app is free."
1: Well, they couldn't. Have been, they they wouldn't have been crying and complaining about at revenue and how they're going to make money because Twitter's always been that. Well, how are we going to make money? And instead of them, they should have did this first before they did all of the sponsored tweets
0: and mm. the sponsored
1: content and all the ads because God, the i even hate going on twitter nowadays because i don't know if i'm retweeting or clicking on something that is from somebody i follow versus people A sponsored throwing ad. sponsored tweets all in my timeline i would much rather if i was going to pay for it i would much rather pay whatever the amount is to get exclusive tweets from the people that That I want to get from. They're going to make so much money off of it. In my opinion, they're going to make so much money off of this. The problem is they could have made so much more if they would have did it before Patreon came out Mm -hmm. with their own thing. Because I don't check Twitter like that, but I know there are people who live in Twitter. Yes. They don't go on Facebook. They don't go on Instagram. We know how about all the news that breaks on Twitter. Yep. Imagine if some of these uh, 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 Twitter profiles with sixty something million followers could set up something to where, hey, you pay five dollars a month, you're you're going to be a part of the special group that only sees special content yeah special tweets and get get uh tickets to bruno mars uh you know silk sonic tickets be a be a super follower this is like this
0: is like pre-sale for tickets
1: but you get get tweets tweets. tweets. for videos videos pictures kanye could have dropped donda on his super follows a day or two before we got it on streaming services, and he yeah. would have made a killing. Yeah, on top of the merchandise money he made, on top of how much you know he got paid from concessions from the uh, Mercedes me, Benz Stadium, and session. then yeah. and then the um, the thing he did in Chicago. You know, on top of all that money, on top of all the streaming, our super
0: mer, our super follow merch, super only follower merch. That's only you can Twitter get it if you're is. a super follower.
1: Yeah. Twitter is five, ten years too late on this idea. Even though they they're should... still
0: gonna make a ton of money, these content creators are gonna make a ton of money. They could have, like you right. said, made a lot more.
1: And they're gonna come and they may come off of Patreon because, like you said, up to fifty thousand dollars, they're gonna make ninety seven percent of their subscription revenue. I guarantee you, Patreon's taking more than that. Yeah. I guarantee you any other place is on not not only taking three percent up up to the first fifty thousand dollars and then after that twenty percent that's better than that's still better than apple's dev mm-hmm. the app store right right so in my opinion this is a great idea they should have bended it because there are rabid twitter users who will gladly pay three dollars to get exclusive twitter content, content from their favorite follows yep
0: yep So, yeah, so we'll see, um, like I said, they're in the initial test group phase now. It'll be interesting to see, you know, when it gets its full uh, rollout. Likely, I'm guessing, depending on the feedback that they get, probably early next year. That it'll It'll be
1: be, once this takes off, they're going (laughs) to all that other crap that they've been trying to make money. They're going to throw that all to the wayside when this blows up. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> definitely
0: because it's not only going to make money and keep their followers their their de- their base engaged it's also making money for the content creator so it's hand over fist money mm-hmm. those on Twitter who meet the criteria are making a gang of money and,
1: and 25 tweets a month is light work people do that in three days that's like a tweet Twitter pretty breaks. much
0: every a single tweet every day mm-hmm yeah, that's yeah, easy. Yeah, easy, light work for a bunch of people. All right, that is it for the lowdown. Let's head over to second string where we talk all other tech. So this first story I put on here is because I didn't realize that people are actually using this. So um, everybody has stories, and LinkedIn has stories.
1: Well, obviously they wouldn't because of the story you about to read. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so well, no. This it can be misleading. So um, LinkedIn has stories, and they are currently going to discontinue their current iteration of stories because they thought, much like copying uh, Instagram and Snapchat, after twenty four hours your video's gone, you know, never to see it again. And LinkedIn, the product developer, the VP of product. I think her name is Lisa Lee. I'll have to scroll down the story a little bit further to find it. She figured, you know, people would, wouldn't want long-term videos on their profile because it could be something they're saying off the cuff or something that they don't want to see again. But the feedback that they got was that people wanted to keep the videos up indefinitely because LinkedIn, mainly for professional people, you know, you know, Looking for jobs, trying to hire people. Mm -hmm. They felt that having this video show, I guess, humanize them. Because when you think about it, when you're applying for jobs, all these people get are, you know, a resume with facts and figures. And they're trying to show they can put their little profile video up and show their personality and that type of thing. So they were wanting more. Than what this current, you know, disappearing 24 hour deal was giving. They want to be able to add tags to say, question of the day. So, if you want to ask questions and engage that way. So, essentially, they are discontinuing their current version of stories, but uh-huh. they are working on a more robust version of a video. They're calling it mixed media content that people can have on their professional profile. Um, So I didn't I rarely go on LinkedIn because it's just a lot. Um, You would think because I'm so active on Twitter, it would be fine. But I was like, I can't have that many busy things going on at one time. So I check in on LinkedIn every so often. But I didn't realize that people were really
1: using stories like this on LinkedIn. Because it's uh, disingenuous. (laughs) Because when you're on Twitter, you're being social Mm -hmm. because you want to find the next person to drag the next person to be angry at the next you want to laugh see the jokes see the
0: memes yeah Yeah.
1: you want to tear people down this is just my own understandings of social media as they've the social media platforms as they evolved. right twitter is the place to where you want to see somebody get canceled you want to make fun of somebody you want to argue about everybody being the expert in everything and think pieces, right? Facebook is your auntie and uncle and your friends from college, right? Instagram is, oh, I'm trying to make money being an influencer. And LinkedIn is, I'm trying to get a job, mm-hmm. right? So, is this the people who were using the stories as they were? The reason why they want them more robust. Is because I am trying to get a job. (laughs) I'm not trying to be social on LinkedIn. This social media aspect of it is trash. Give me something that I can promote myself so I can get a job. And this short copy in front, copying off an Instagram. I'm not trying to be on LinkedIn because I don't want to be on Instagram. I want to be on Instagram. But for I be on LinkedIn, right. But I want to be on LinkedIn because I'm trying to get this job. Yeah. Or I'm trying to find these employees mm-hmm. or, you know, I'm trying to get build clients. my network up. Yeah. I'm trying to get clients. Yeah. You know, LinkedIn is where people go to network for the sole purpose of getting paid. Right. Instagram, influencers, Twitter is like ah, every the dumpster fire. Right. Yeah. And Facebook is kind of like, oh, what's my auntie doing? Or, yeah. do right. Right. Family reunion. So, Facebook is right. family reunion time. Right. People are trying to be on LinkedIn to get paid. So yeah. this little social media aspect of it, people are on LinkedIn. It's like, look, how can I use this to get a job or how can I use this to get clients or how can I use this to get employees? Because a lot of recruiters are on LinkedIn, how can I do this to get people? Because I'm a recruiter. I need somebody for this job posting so I can get commission. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so the the person I was referencing, her name is actually Liz Lee. And she is the senior director of product. And she said that the LinkedIn stories will be ending the end of next month. So I'm assuming that is the end of September. And she said they were they will be replacing it with a quote, reimagined video experience. So it sounds like they're like, oh, we were we were thinking too small. We were thinking uh social media when we should have been thinking bigger. And so it sounds like they are going to come back with with something um, something bigger. So uh, it should be, uh, I guess, interesting to see how people use this. Um, I mean, I don't really even use stories now. Uh, so I definitely will be using them on LinkedIn. But apparently there is an audience for this. And uh, they are trying to use it to get this money. hmm All right, the next thing um, on the heels of the success from uh, Apple's M1 chip, it looks like Google is making the leap as well as um, they are planning to make their own ARM based um, Chromebook processors. Um, In the article um, that I found that I found on MSN, but it's from Engadget. And it it basically alludes to that, that they saw the success that Apple was having with the M1 chips and they want to get in on it for their own, um, Chromebook devices. Um, and it sounds like they've hired folks from, um, you know, the primary, um, you know, chip makers. I think they got some from Intel who some Intel engineers who are working on this project. And I think. Qualcomm, uh, yes, Qualcomm, as well, um, to come up with their um, own chip um, to power their devices. Because, of course, as we know, when you have your own, you don't necessarily have to rely on a separate supply chain. You can pretty much own it and have as much control as possible over the flow and the influx of of hardware and materials that are coming in. So, it looks like. Uh, More companies are jumping on the bandwagon of having their own um, chips. And I think schools really use Chromebooks. I think those are probably the
1: biggest users of Chromebooks. So here's the difference, right? Schools use Chromebooks. Schools may not necessarily use Google Chromebooks. Mm.
0: The Google Chrome
1: Chromebooks that I think the chips are going to be on are gonna be Google branded. The Google Chromebooks are expensive and may not have a lot of a whole lot of market share. So my thing is, it'll be interesting to see what Google does with a Chromebook that they have their own chip on. Chip on. Is that gonna make it even more expensive? Or are they trying to cater to a super specific user like the current Chromebooks, Google-specific Chromebooks? Mm-hmm. Or are they gonna use it to drive down the price to compete with the Samsung's that make Chromebooks with all the other brands out there that make Chromebooks that are like $200, right? Mm-hmm. Because those are what the school's using. They're using two $300 Chromebooks. They're not using the 999 and the 1399 mm-hmm. Chromebooks from Google. So I would hope that Google is going to uh, make their own chip for Chromebooks that are coming out in 2023 to drive the price down So, they can be more competitive. They can get more of
0: the market share.
1: With, you know, as opposed to all the other brands Acer, uh, Samsung, HP, HP, Dell, that that all make dirt cheap Chromebooks that are just throwaway. Maybe Google's like, all right, well, we want our Chromebooks to be used by a larger market share but we want them to be quality as well. So yeah. we'll, it'd be interesting to see which way Google goes with this.
0: Yeah, and it looks like from the same article that um, they've already um, started, uh, that they've already announced that they're going to do their own mobile chip as well um, called Tensor that is expected to debut on the Pixel 6 and the Pixel 6 Pro, similar to you know Apple doing their um, their own chip as well. So, um, it looks like they've seen the success, um, that other companies are, are having, specifically Apple. Um, and they are following suit, which I'm not surprised by. Um, no. had the M1 chip failed, then people would have like, see, that's why I just stick with what, what you know. But the fact that one, Apple has been successful with it and two, the price hasn't gone up, you know, ex- it hasn't gone up by a huge margin. It's honestly, for the current M1 Macs that are out there, it's around the same price as it would be with an Intel chip. So um, I think they're trying to get in on uh, some of this money and say, you know what? Yep.
1: They, Let they me get on that. Up. Yep. Because They got to fight other Android uh, platforms. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, you talked about the Pixels. When people go buy an Android phone, they're not buying a Google. They're buying a Samsung a Galaxy. buying Samsung. Yeah. So you know, Google looks like they're trying to compete against their own <laughs> family. You know, to try nobody to
0: wins so, when the family
1: feuds. <laughs> right. But again, that that makes it a challenge because you know, you know that that added you know coming to the party late when other competitors are using your platform just as good, if not better. Then you, you know, yeah. how 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 can you differentiate? Well, you make your own chips. Yeah, definitely.
0: All right. And the last thing that we're going to talk about in Second String today is back to Twitter. Um, They have created um, what they're calling safety mode, which temporarily blocks accounts from insulting uh, users. As Ah, you mentioned, we know (laughs) Twitter is a dumpster fire and it is a hot mess especially when it comes to harassment. And um, if you go onto some, uh, if, a, if a tweet goes viral, you go in there and you see what, I think at one point it was the, the lights that, that shows uh, things on the walls. Um, you just get spammed in the comments with, buy this light thing and it shows things on the ceiling, like the stars or whatever. And now I think it's something save video. If you go on any viral tweet, you'll see a ton like back to back to back to back comments of you save video or buy this or buy that because oh, yes. right. they're, right. they're bots. So I think this feature, while the intent is to, um, block, you know, um, insults and, you know, hateful remarks, I think it's going to swoop up these folks as well because they do spam your account with, uh, spam your tweet with this information so it says users will be blocked if they are sending repetitive uninvited replies or mentions so it goes to both so it can be for people who are doing hateful uh conversations and for these folks who are making money by spamming these comments
1: so the 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 latter will probably work better by Mm -hmm. swooping up these bots that Mm -hmm. are just putting out comments right Mm -hmm people on twitter it is a dumpster fire right but people are clever on twitter when being taking part in the dumpster fire they are very very clever with their insults so like i said when i said at the top good luck with that because these twitter users are very very clever and very very cerebral when it comes to how they attack people on Twitter, now of course you know there are some people who just don't care, mm-hmm. you know, but they are very few and far between, and they're and and they're very overt with it. So if there are some people on Twitter, it's like oh, you know, monkey, blah blah blah, blah you mm-hmm. know, you know, all obscenities and things, you can catch those easy. But yeah. those are, that's a small sample. Yeah, the people in general that are on Twitter, they know what time it is, so they're very <laughs> clever. Very smart, very witty, very sarcastic with how they insult people. And I don't think Twitter is going to scoop up hardly any of those folks. So what they're saying
0: is it's it's in conjunction with checking against people that you currently follow and that you currently interact with. So that's uh, another, I guess, level to how they are going to to go about figuring out what's being, you know, what's not consistent with who you normally interact with or follow or, or comment with. Um, so they said that it will be, of course, it will have to be fine-tuned. It'll have to be, you know, constantly updated. But they're saying that you can say if you get swept up in this and mm-hmm. you get auto-blocked and it's someone that you know and that you didn't mean to block because people mm-hmm. who you're friends with, you say, you know, Funny things or off the cuff things that might get uh-huh. caught up and be considered uh-huh. as offensive when that's not the intent. You know, they're in the safety settings. You will be able to go in and say, No, that's my, that's my people. Let me unblock them. So you will be able to toggle this feature on and off. And you will be also able to add back people who have been blocked that you didn't want to be blocked.
1: Right. Yeah, so it is it'll be interesting. I don't see them being able to do this using machine learning or AI because again, like I said, they're people these people are slick. Yeah, the, clear, the, so. the the <laughs> the
0: the it would have the day would have to be seriously trained and I don't know mm-hmm. how they would do that because people already put asterisks in names that if you are a person looking at it, you can tell who it is. But I don't right. know necessarily how a um a, an, an AI algorithm will be able to to pull that out because if you're you know you may put the asterisk every other per word, every other letter or you may just do it on mm-hmm. one so it's a lot of different idiosyncrasies that can go into this um mm-hmm. that may Twitter not be has its own. right that may Twitter not has be its own
1: language yeah. yeah and people subsections of Twitter have their, have own, their own, own language, language yeah. you know so it'd be interesting to see if they can train. Uh, a computer or a data or a, you know to to figure out the, the the lingo of twitter in order to stamp out some of this negative content because it's almost like and i could be negative nancy you know I'm i think sure. i you, think
0: i think it will have some effect i don't uh, know how much it will have because i know the data can be trained and i know they're super smart you know uh, machine learners and um and, um and data scientists who can probably figure this out the only thing is like I said it would have to be something that would be constantly having to be updated and retrained uh-huh. as people figure out what the algorithm is looking for and uh-huh. they switch it up just to kind of evade you know being caught so right. um I think personally for the for the bots that are selling things those will easily get swept away and the bots that just get accounts created just to harass people, those Mm -hmm. would be able to be easily identified and swept away. Mm -hmm. But some of the more nuanced conversations, I think Mm -hmm. that will, you know, it's still going to rely on people reporting um, to Twitter that, you know, these people are harassing me. They need to be, have their account suspended or, or you block them or that type of thing. So I just think it's just an, honestly, just another way, another layer of them trying to figure out how to moderate Twitter even though we all know that it is a mammoth. Impossible. It's a <laughs> mammoth of a beast to try and and figure out. But, um, you know, I give them kudos for, you know, trying different things and, and seeing if it works. Again, they are trying it out. So we'll see um, if it turns out to be one of those things that they can actually use to um to be helpful or if it's something that's like, you know what, it's not worth the time and the effort and the money. So we're just gonna scrap it. So um oh, anything I, I think any time they can try and come up with something to reduce some of the hate and mm-hmm. abuse on Twitter, I think it's a good deal.
1: Yeah. I mean absolutely. All right.
0: That's it for second string. Let's head on over to For the Culture. Um I saw this article um an extra friend of mine um, put it in our group chat. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that this was even happening. Um, it's been two years now since the murder of Elijah McClain, the 23-year-old um, from Colorado, who was put in a chokehold and subsequently given a high dose of, um what is it, ketamine what is it how you, ketamine? Ketamine? ketamine 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 yes and was um killed um this was you know during um the summer of of black lives matter when this happened and um by all accounts this was um a sweet guy uh wasn't harming anything the the police had no uh, reason to even pull him over um you know, and this is coming from an investigation by the Aurora Police Department. Um, and uh, they found that the chokehold that was used um, was, you know, that wasn't the cause of his death, but that was an illegal hold. It, it was a shot, the 500 milligrams of uh, ketamine that was given to him that caused his heart to stop. And, Uh um, he was brain dead and he was, I think on the machines for a little while and his family ultimately had to, um, you know, take him off life support. So all that being said, this happened back in 2019, um, a Colorado grand jury just today returned a 32 count indictment against the police officers and the paramedics. So it was two police, three police officers and two paramedics. They were charged with, um, the three officers and the two paramedics were charged with manslaughter and criminally negligent homicide. Um, and the state attorney, uh, the state attorney general announced this, like I said today. Um, so with all that being said, you know, two years after the fact, um, the, the state of Colorado banned, um, that chokehold. Um, I think one of the three police officers, um, was fired. Um, from this as well. And I think it's also interesting to note that they the two paramedics are being charged and they face three second degree assault charges as well. That's related directly to the ketamine um dose and two counts of violence of two counts of violence related to this assault on this 23-year-old uh young man. So I, I bring this all up to say is Similar to the situation with uh, George Floyd, um, we weren't really sure um, how it was going to play out. So, this family is finally getting some form of accountability. Um, it's coming down slow, it's been two years. Um,
1: after pressure.
0: Yeah, after pressure and after, you know, um, firing one of the police officers, after making laws to ban the chokehold and doing all of these extra things, they finally have, have, have brought this down, you know, two years after the fact. Um, I guess the question is, is, is it too late or even if accountability takes too long, is it still, you know, valid Want to get your thoughts uh, on that?
1: Uh, it's definitely valid. Um, it is long, I wouldn't necessarily say late. Uh, I think justice can never be too late. Um, it, To me, it just goes down to, you know, was all of this necessary, right? Even for him to be, you know, this life taken from him, you know, what danger did he pose, right, initially? And then even after that, what... Why was it so why is it such a thing for authorities, specifically police, to feel like if they're being challenged in any shape, form or fashion, that force has to be used? You know, that is the question that I think a lot of people who are saying abolish the police they're using abolished police as a blanket statement. But what they really want to say is why is force, specifically when it comes to black and brown people, mm-hmm. why is force the, the first, first response? Option. Yeah. The first option versus force when other people are in danger, force should be the last option. It's always the first option. And then it's like, oh, then after Like you said, with Elijah, with even George Floyd, with a lot of these instances, you know, they use force first and then they figure out the rest later Later, versus figure out the rest, use force as a last resort Mm -hmm. when somebody else is in danger, because the whole point of the police is to protect And and serve, not force people to obey. That's not how it force people to be compliant is not the charter for the police is to protect and serve. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, that's why you hear reform abolish the police is because seriously, how the police interacts with people in general, not just black and brown people, just how they approach situations in general. Now, don't get me wrong. Let me qualify by saying cops are doing a stressful job. We hear all the time to where cops getting shot, cops getting killed. With something simple as pulling over somebody for speeding, whatever the case may be, it's a it's a dangerous job, it's a tricky job, you never know what the outcome is gonna be, but you're certainly elevating those risks when you're coming as a force mm-hmm. versus let's figure out what's going Assess on. Assess
0: the so, situation first and then decide right. if force needs to be applied, because in Elijah's case he was, I think, just walking down the street and
1: mm-hmm. they
0: pulled him over. And, you know, I think we have the 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 video where he was just saying, he said, quote, let go of me. I'm an introvert. Please respect my boundaries that I'm speaking. So he was just like the sweetest kid. And then you thought that it was necessary to first put him in that type of chokehold because he's mm-hmm. a very he was a very slight. You know, guy, kind of lanky guy. And then the next thing you thought was to give him a high dose of
1: ketamine. Again, it goes back to that. I am the authority. You should comply. Any other way that this goes, I'm going to I'm going to teach you a lesson.
0: Even if you are complying.
1: Right. Even if you are, complying, I'm going to teach you a lesson to respect my authority and i think that's why it's a partial so set mm-hmm. that's why we say abolish the police because the police are trained with that mindset of respect my authority or else mm-hmm. not protect and serve not assess the situation not re- respect the community not respect the not even respect the rights of individuals respect my authority or else yeah. and i think that's why stuff like this that actually comes down to where there looks like to be some accountability that's going to take place we're like finally yeah finally people are starting to recognize that there are police officers who go into these situations not with with every other thought except for peace peace which is what their job is supposed to be (laughs)
0: de-escalate the situation but you're expecting me to be calm and rational when I'm the one that's on the defensive, but you're mm-hmm. yelling, you have three, it was three police officers. You have three people yelling at you with guns coming at mm-hmm. you. You're already hyper alert. You're supposed to, yes. And you're supposed to deescalate the situation, but you're expecting me, a non-trained person. You've got all this training. You got right. the badge. You did the time to, to learn all these things. You're expecting me to be calm and rational, while you are being the opposite of calm on, and
1: rational. And, and then add the racism on top of that, because Definitely. we've seen videos and we've heard stories of white folks acting crazy, slapping police video. officers, yeah. attacking them, and police use all the restraint in the world. And it's like, where, why can't that be used across, across the, board? the board? Or why can't force be used across the board? Yeah pick one, pick one. And I know every situation is different, but at the same time, you know, the way you approach it should be
0: the same.
1: We point out inaccuracies all the time Mm -hmm. and why, you know, what is the difference? We can only go back to discrimination. We can only go back to bias. We can only go back to stereotypes. We can only go back to race. What else is there? Give me a reason why it's so, it's not, it's so inaccurate. So if it's going to be inaccurate, we need to abolish the whole thing we mm-hmm. need to reform the whole thing because mm-hmm. what are we doing here
0: yeah yeah i definitely agree um his mother um Cheney McLean mcclain said that she is quote grateful that my son is going to have his justice um i similar to the way i was about going into the george floyd trial um i hope that he gets his, his justice for, for this. Um, I, I try not to have too high of expectations because I don't want the disappointment, especially when you have the Aurora Police Association's board of directors issuing a statement that said that the officers, quote, did nothing wrong and argued that, quote, there is no evidence that APD
1: officers caused his death.
0: So it's one of that's those hairs
1: th- that they're trying to split,
0: right? That's <laughs> the hair there. And like what they're trying to say is the police officers didn't call that. The death was technically caused by the paramedic who gave mm-hmm. him the, uh, the, or the ketamine. Th- so mm-hmm. it's not on us, even though the two work hand in hand. Um, mm-hmm. I'm grateful that, um, his mother and his family, um, are, are grateful that um, this didn't just get swept under the rug; that I didn't go away; that some people, at least initially, are being held accountable. We don't know what the outcome is, but they do have 32 counts um, ag- against them. That is going to have to go to trial. Mm-hmm. Um, so I- I'm sure all this is going to be, you know, brought back up. This is going to bring back painful memories for them, um, for the city. Um, but I just, I just hope that um, you know he gets some sort of justice, and that people start to realize that you can't treat people this way. Um, right. And it's one of those things that this wasn't as quote sensationalized as much as as the George Floyd situation, but it all ended the same. It left a black man dead at the hands Uh of the police. And in this case, the police and the paramedics. So, um, I just hope that we can ultimately get to a point where we don't have these types of, um, interactions. I don't think we'll get past that. I can hope the, the optimist in me can hope that we can one day get to that point. Um, but if not, um, at least some accountability um, and justice for for those that are harmed. All right, um, that's it. uh, And for the culture, let's head over to the hookup where we find out a useful tip from Brother Tech.
1: So uh, the tip for the week is a keepsake. Um, Most of us have a bajillion pictures in our phones Every, I'd say maybe not even 1% actually make it to of any sort of picture that you can hang on your wall. It all stays digital nowadays, yep. uh, specifically with me and my family. You know, we very rarely put up pictures anywhere. I don't know what that is, but I digress. That's a whole other thing. But what I'm trying to do is be less of that and start to display more of our family portraits. But I'm... I don't want to make it hard on myself. So I did some research, try to find out the best app to actually go from a digital photo on my iPhone to an actual frame on the wall. And Keepsake was one of the best ones I found. And this was pretty much simple. It's like you upload the images from your camera roll. You select the frames. They got a whole lot of different versions, different sizes. You know, if you like the thick white border Mm -hmm. in between the The frame, if you like the big different color of the frames, either white or black or wood or Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be, they make it real easy to search through all the different selections, the different sizes. And then once you actually purchase them, it's like super fast shipping. I did one on Sunday, I want to say, and then yesterday it showed up.
0: Nice. Framed in
1: the period. It wasn't a big, it's not a big you know, it wasn't a big picture that you put over the fireplace, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the size a little bit smaller than, you know, size... Oh, like a... Eight. Yeah. A <laughs> like an eight and a half by eleven? Yeah, yeah. But and then they actually, you know, put it in the border, and they put it on the frame, you know, and mm-hmm. again, it gets about the size of my iPad mm-hmm. when it's all said and done, and they give you the choice to, um, do you want to hang it, or do you want to put it on a stand, and they mm-hmm. come with like this little you know, cool a way to stand it without adding an extra bulk to the actual picture. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. Like I said, the prices are um they're reasonable. Uh you're looking you'll look to spend about twenty dollars, you know, when it's all said and done, you know, at a minimum, you know, the one for, I per per photo? Per frame, mm-hmm. including shipping and taxes, it was about thirty bucks when it was all said and done. You know, for like a yeah, about a eight and a half by eleven size. Mm-hmm all together, the whole total size, not the mm. whole picture. Picture's smaller, but you know, it depends on the different border mm. and a different frame, but you spend about $30, you get a nice size framed picture to your house in about two to three days. So that is my tip for the week. Uh, definitely check them out, uh, Keepsake, and we'll put a link in the show notes so you can check them out.
0: I'm definitely gonna have to check this out because in my entryway in my house, one of the walls is just all pictures. And Mm -hmm. then in my living room, my main back wall is like different size and shape pictures kind of surrounding this this piece of artwork. So I'm definitely going to have to look this up because the way I've been doing it was uploading them to Walmart,
1: printing Mm -hmm. them out from
0: Walmart, having Walmart Mm -hmm. ship them Mm -hmm. and buying frames and having to put them in frames and then having to hang them on the wall. I don't like using nails and hammers on the walls because I don't know that's my thing but I use like the command strips to kind of, mm-hmm. the, the little clicky ones. So yeah, this mm-hmm. is definitely, I'll definitely look into this cause it sounds way easier than my roundabout process. Cool. <laughs> All right, that is it for this week. Definitely, definitely download, rate, and review us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can hit us up and engage with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're at Snob West Cast everywhere. Also, make sure to watch us on uh, YouTube. We're at Snob West Cast. Definitely go to our page and like and subscribe to our channel. Um, you can also leave comments and suggestions on our website, snobwestcast.com, or via email um at snobowestcast at gmail.com you can also give us a financial contribution in two ways you can support our patreon by going to patreon.com snobblewestcast and for five dollars a month you get access to our pre-show content Um, access to our live show taping and access to our chat community the second way you can financially support the show is by sending us a one-time love offering via paypal which is at paypal.me slash and that's our show for this week we will see you guys next week have a good one peace bye